This show is brought to you by Whatever You Say Productions, starting conversations since 2018. Hello again, listeners. This is Jason Souls, ready to translate more for you. This week's topic is what about insurance? So I'm going to talk all about insurance and the whole headache that it has been for me and the majority of trans people that I know. So the biggest thing when I first realized that I was going to be transitioning was trying to figure out what does this mean for me medically? What does this mean for me physically? Where do I begin? And my impression before I started looking at insurance and everything was that nothing would ever be covered. My impression was that through, you know, media and everything like that, that that this was going to be something that had to come completely 100% out of pocket, which I've realized is not necessarily the case and still sort of is. And I'll explain that a little bit more here. When I first came out and started hormones and everything, I was teaching. I had a full-time job. I had insurance that was really good. And then when I quit that, I had to end up finding insurance through the marketplace and it's not so good. However, the same company is the insurance company for both. I just ended up with different plans. So I can kind of across the board, this all applies. And I first had to kind of figure out it took a lot of Googling and searching their website. And then I finally ended up having to just message the company to say, I cannot figure out how much uh, you cover transgender care, what's covered, what's not. And somebody eventually emailed me a couple of different files that they had. And when I went and first started hormones, the thing that I think shocked me the most was that it was a really quick process that I was able to go in there and explain what was going on with my letter from my therapist and go home the same day with a prescription for testosterone. When I first got on testosterone, I assumed that it would not be covered by my insurance. So the first two or three months that I was on it, I paid um, full price for the hormones, which honestly was not that bad. I would get like a a 20 week supply for 78 bucks and then good RX prescription cards or whatever came around. And I realized, okay, I could actually do this for less than $30. And that's, that's like a five month supply. So like, that's really not that expensive. After my insurance switched, it ended up going where, um, or they've changed their rule. Now you are only allowed to get a one month supply at a time. So it's incredibly aggravating because now instead of it being 0.5 milliliters of 100 milligrams per blah, 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 now they have twice as strong a testosterone and you can only buy it one month at a time. So you're getting these tiny, tiny little baby vials that are almost impossible to draw from. And you're starting to have this issue of, I can't even get it all out of there but I can't go in and get more until I meet this certain, I have, it has to be within four days of the month being up. So all of a sudden you're trying to play this game of like, should I do my shot every eight days instead of seven so that I can last up until when this is. And you're starting to play with things because insurance isn't acknowledging that you need to have more at a time or that you need to be able to draw out larger amounts so that you're not wasting it. And so that it's easier to measure accurately. So that in terms of the hormone part of it has been frustrating for me. It's also been hard because I haven't been able to find doctors that are willing to like 
treat trans people confidently. Not that that's actually really an insurance issue, but it's another one of the medical issues. And then insurance ended up contacting me, or I I contacted them more about some of their transition care, and I found out they did cover hormones. So for about a year and a half, my testosterone was free. It was actually totally free. And then when I switched to my worse plan, when I stopped teaching, now it is $13 a month. Again, still not really that bad, but it is different. The biggest part about the insurance shifting that was scary to me and is hard is that my deductible is is crazy high. As a teacher, I had a $3,000 single deductible. That's a lot of money in a year. But now I have a $6,000 deductible. It started getting to the point where surgery would almost cost the same whether I used my deductible to pay for it or not. And it made me a little bit avoidant on the whole process. I didn't I didn't want to go through all of it just to find out basically insurance wasn't going to help me at all. But it's important that you try and check it all out. And after being pleasantly surprised about the hormones, I, I got a little bit more hopeful. It took me a long time to figure out what process I was supposed to go through to try and get surgery for um, for top surgery. So the very first thing was getting confirmation from my insurance company that they would cover the surgery. My insurance company said that they covered transgender sex reassignment surgeries due to gender dysphoria. So what they're saying is that yes, they help their trans patients medically transition because they know the effect on their mental health. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. The reality is they don't cover as much as they say. You have to do a lot more work than you should, and none of it's clear. Part of that might improve over time. Part of that's not necessarily something that anybody's doing on purpose, but it doesn't make the experience any easier. When I first was trying to look at surgeons, there was no list of surgeons provided to me, no matter how many times I asked, but yet I was told I had to use a surgeon that was in a, that was a in-network or preferred provider. There were zero in-network providers that I could choose from, so they were willing to accept a preferred provider. I spent a long time, several weeks, looking up several different surgeons and asking them for information and setting up possible consultations, only to end up finding out that they only would cover one of two places in Wisconsin, that I could either go to the University Health in in Madison or I could go to the one in Milwaukee. Those were the two only surgeons that I could see and have this approved. But that was after I had done a whole bunch of research and asked them several times. So I was very aggravated already at this point. And then they said, okay, well, you can meet with this surgeon in Madison, but you need to have prior authorization for the consultation. There were no prior authorization forms that made any sense. So here I'm trying again to figure out the paperwork I'm actually supposed to use, and none of it seems to make sense. The surgeon is saying, you cannot set up a consultation until we know your insurance will cover it. Insurance was saying, we're not going to know you're covering it until your surgeon fills out this this form. 
call the surgeon back. Well, we can't fill that form out until we see you. And it's just this cycle. I couldn't be seen until they knew what they were going to be doing and filled out a form, but they couldn't fill out the form. So I got really frustrated and thrown off uh, or pushed back on my timeline a lot of times. And it really was aggravating. I finally ended up getting kind of through to just an individual at the insurance company. And it was finally not somebody that I was doing all the online chats and things who had no idea, but somebody who said, okay, I finally understand that we have our transgender services form that surgeons and everybody fill out for prior authorization for care. But a lot of that form asks for things that are unnecessary or completely out of like the normal timeline for when they would be asked. And so you don't need to fill this form out. We will fill this form out with your surgeon and basically get this consultation approved without it. So I had to kind of have somebody do this in a very, I guess, non-traditional way. And I'm going, I can't be the only trans patient they have. I can't be the only person in that company, even in my city, that has these questions. So it felt stupid that they were willing to like make an exception and try to figure this out with me when they should just have a more clear procedure and plan in place. So then I ended up getting approved to have a surgery consultation finally after trying like five or six different surgeons before that without insurance. And so I got to be able to set up this appointment. Well, they said, okay, you can set up the appointment now. I call the company or the the surgeon and they said it takes five weeks to get in for a consultation. So then all of a sudden I had to wait five more weeks for that. And then they said it would probably be another four to eight weeks before you can schedule surgery after that. For me, I get really like avoidant or I don't know if that's the right word. I procrastinate or I get really thrown off. If I think someone's going to take a long time, it takes the urgency away from me, even though it's something I really want badly. It's almost like my depression just causes me to be like, well, it's never going to happen anyway right now. And I just kind of put it off and it's going to take me a long time anyway. And I keep putting it off. I never thought I would be three years into my transition and still not have had surgery yet. I don't even have it scheduled. So it's aggravating. I went down to Madison in May had my surgery consultation. Again, there was confusion of what forms I was supposed to bring and what needed to be signed for my insurance. So there was a lot of calling back and forth. And then the consultation itself was simple. It was easy. I had all sorts of hope because these people said, yes, we've worked with every insurance company. We know what they think. We know how to help things. If we very rarely had things denied and when they are, we appeal them for you and with you. And and I felt like, okay, this is going to happen because not only does my insurance company themselves say they cover chest reconstruction surgery specifically because of dysphoria, but also my surgeon is saying that they have a great track record. So I have very little to worry about besides timeline and how quickly I can get this done. And I got the surgeon to fill out paperwork for me to apply to be prior authorized for surgery. And it takes up to three months to find out if you've been approved for surgery. So playing the waiting game again. I ended up finally ended up getting a letter and the letter was one of the most aggravating, frustrating, like disappointing things I've ever read. First of all, it came three or four days after I got a notice on my uh, in my email that that there had been a prior authorization that went through on the website. And when I went to the website, it said in review. And the next day I went on there and it just it, it didn't say approved or denied. It didn't say anything at all. And I didn't know if that was a good sign or bad sign. And so I was sitting here waiting for this letter to arrive. I open the letter and it says that they will approve basically the mastectomy part of it, but not the nipple reconstruction. The nipple reconstruction part of it is $3,500 
in an entire surgery that cost $10,000 outside of insurance. I was livid because here is a company who has an entire form explaining why they cover gender care and they were being incredibly hypocritical to say that it was not medically necessary to do the nipple reconstruction that they would only cover the mastectomy and not that when they say the reason they cover it is gender dysphoria is so backwards if they were to cut my boobs off and not replace the nipples in a male place in a male size I would not have a male looking chest. The whole point of chest reconstruction surgery is to have a male looking chest because it affects my mental health, because I have mass amounts of dysphoria about it. There's also the physical pain that comes from it of binding, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but the hypocritical part was them saying, we will cover this because of gender dysphoria, and then coming back and saying that it was medically unnecessary to cover literally almost half of the surgery. It was so frustrating. And so I called my surgeon. I probably called my mom crying too. I don't remember. But I called my surgeon and said, is this an answer you've gotten before? What's going on? What do I do? And they were like, yes, we've seen this. We will appeal it for you. And we kind of did a little back and forth of kind of sending materials and phone tag to make sure that they, they were taking care of it. And I didn't really have to do anything. They sent letters on my behalf. They sent articles on my behalf. And then we had to wait another three months for them to come back and decide if it was approved or denied this appeal that they should, in fact, cover the entire surgery. And about two weeks ago, I found out that they denied the appeal. My surgeon, bless them, they're willing to keep fighting and take it to another level. But for me, I'm so discouraged and I'm so frustrated and exhausted from it. I've basically put it all on a shelf. I don't know what to do. I'm not in a place at all for years to pay for this out of pocket. But I also am exhausted of fighting with my insurance company. And it's almost like they win just because I'm so exhausted of it. I'm really upset that there's people out there who have had to pay out of pocket and not have insurance cover this, or that some insurance might be better than others. But here I have this insurance company that's telling me that they're supportive and trying to make it sound like they're an inclusive company when every single thing I've done has been a headache, has been extra work has been disappointing, has been denied. Not, no part of this was easy. I wish that they would actually have a, a handout that says, if you're looking for hormones, here's the steps you take. Here's what's covered. Here's what you should do in this situation. Here's, if you are looking at surgery, top surgery, here's the providers we will cover. Here's the parts of the surgery we will or won't cover. And here's why. Here's who to contact with questions. Why is that so difficult to understand? Why There should be a resource because that is a huge group of people that are looking for this medical care. I don't know about huge in terms of percentage, but it is a lot of people. There's no way that I'm going to want to go more several more years before I have surgery. So you can imagine the conflict in me of knowing I, I, my hands are tied. And now I feel like with the new year coming up, should I be looking at the marketplace for new insurance? Should I be trying to change my insurance and starting this whole process over again with someone else? Am I supposed to just continue fighting with my insurance till they give up? I, I have a busy life. I, I don't have time for this. You know, I don't have the energy for this. So it's, it's really hard for me to know that I don't know when I'm going to have surgery yet. 
I can't even imagine how much harder it's going to be for bottom surgery if I decide to go that route. Oh my goodness. And like trans women have even a lot of times more surgeries and stuff too. Like, has it been just as hard for them? If you will cover, you know, say this insurance company will cover a trans woman getting a breast augmentation because of dysphoria. I'm very confused to how, why they won't approve the nipple reconstruction for a trans man. I'm, I'm completely baffled by that. So I think this is just literally me explaining my experience. I'm sure if you talk to trans people in your life, you'd find out that there's almost always something that's not been what it should be. There might be some people who've had a more positive experience, but not necessarily entirely. When I first quit teaching and was looking at, you know, how am I going to make money and what am I going to be doing? I honestly applied at places like Starbucks and some of these places in in town that are like United Healthcare was one and things that say that they 100% cover trans surgeries. Like I almost chose my job based on which insurance would cover things and then ended up realizing that supposedly this company I ended up going with would cover it all. And then to basically realize that that's not the reality makes me wonder if I should have been with one of those other companies and how sad that I should determine what I'm doing with my life and how I'm making money and what I'm doing for a career based on which insurance company respects my needs more than the others. I have a $6,000 deductible, 67, or it's like $6,750 out of pocket. When I first started the year this year, I thought that's cool because between therapy, hormones, regular doctor visits, things that come up, I should be using a decent amount of my deductible before surgery, which I assumed would happen before the year was over. Honestly, I thought it was going to happen in the summer. That's how pushed back everything got. But I was thinking that you know, it would all be approved and everything would go through that year and that I would use my insurance to the point where the surgery itself would actually end up only costing me three or $4,000. And I had a GoFundMe that I had raised about $2,000. So all of this started to kind of make things more and more doable, more and more of a possibility to me. And long story short, between an entire year of fighting with insurance and how much they've drugged this on, consistently going to weekly therapy appointments, having uh, the hormones all year and all of these other appointments I've needed to check on my hormone levels and things, I have almost used $5,000 of my deductible and I have not paid a cent of that yet because I can't afford it. Like I can't afford any of that. So now I'm depressed about going into another year and trying to attempt the entire process again with $5,000 of debt and a supposed $6,000 more of a deductible if I were to finally get everything approved and scheduled and taken care of. So I think the most limiting thing in my life in terms of my transition has been insurance. I think it's one of the biggest or uh, confusing things to trans people. And I think it's really unfair that things that we need, and a lot of people would debate that, but what we need to live, to be happy, to to be who we are, are things that we got to pay for, whether it's in time, money, or stress. You should not have to pay that much to be who you are when you already spent your life paying for it in pain and confusion and stigma and judgment and all of these other things. Honestly, I hope somebody from an insurance company listens to this and realizes what they've put me through. I've thought about writing a letter to my insurance company to inform them of what I think they could be doing better. 
there were things that they did that were out of their hands, and there were things that they totally could have done differently or can do differently. There was a woman who basically was my like personalized care team. So this woman would was helping me try to figure these answers out. She helped set up appointments. I'm so grateful for her because there was literally like my light liaison within the company to say like, but I thought this, and she'd be like, oh, well, it's actually this, or let me find out for you. And even having that person there for me and helping me, I'm, I still had an incredibly negative experience with insurance over the last year or two. I hope this is helping you understand a little bit more why it's just so ridiculous to, to transition medically, why it's so difficult and why it takes so long. Like I said, when I came out, I thought I was going to be having surgery within a year I remember not, like there was trans people I knew that were having surgeries that were saying, you know, I've waited so long for this. It's been three years, four years, five years, whatever it was. And thinking to myself, why did they wait so long? <laughs> now I know why. It's literally January will be three years since I came out. Two years passed when I thought I was going to have surgery. And then I was certain that it was going to happen at some point over this last year. And that's not happening either. So wish me luck if if you can, or if you desire to, that I can get this taken care of in the next year. And I'm going to be starting to look up insurances and different companies and plans to see if there is a better way to go about it. And otherwise, all I can really do is continue to fight and appeal these decisions until either somebody listens or I catch up financially outside of it and I'm able to just do it out of pocket. Both of those seem like really long roads ahead of me either way. So if you're trans and dealing with insurance, I feel you. It sucks. If you're uh, able to share that with your company, do it. Because I think a lot of times they don't realize and they think because they say they cover something that they're doing their job. And so I I just wanted to explain to all of you listeners today how, how insurance has been for me and what that experience has looked like. If you have questions, let me know. And if you're kind of going through this yourself, feel free to just Google things, you know, look it up. But the best thing is go in some of these groups that are on Facebook or, or different social media. There are many, many, many thousands of trans men out there, trans women, that can help you save yourself some stress. I wish I had been more open about the frustrations and process with those people sooner because there's been a lot of helpful suggestions from people. Another thing that you have to think about, too, is not only do I have to or want to have top surgery and the hormones, but then hysterectomy, I have to have long-term care to make sure that my kidney and livers and everything are staying healthy. So there's just, you need some serious long-term care and a company that's dedicated to making sure you get what you deserve. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope you can join again next week for Allow Me to Translate. This is Jason Souls from Whatever You Say Productions. Thank you for listening to Allow Me to Translate, presented by Whatever You Say Productions and Jason Souls. To learn more about this show, join us at jasonsouls.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-S-O-U-L-E-S.com. We'll see you next week.